welcome to the Bearded Clansman Podcast, where two bearded guys talk about Game of Thrones, the card game. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the Bearded Clansman Podcast. Welcome back, everyone. It's uh, Kyle, a.k.a. Kyle, son of Kyle. <laughs> and I'm Dom, a.k.a. Shaggy Dom. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's what you said. You made him up. I feel like you uh, owned it. You I owned did. it real hard. I know I owned. I told you what yours were, but yeah, you're, <laughs> you're Kyle, son of Kyle. Yeah, I just was like, I was watching uh, earlier. Uh, I was like, man, maybe we should find something for the beginning of the podcast that's from the show. But all the clansmen mm-hmm. doing the show are talk about like really inappropriate stuff, or they scream while they're fighting. So like, well, that sounds <laughs> that sounds good enough for me. I mean, feel free to look through it if you want to find anything <laughs> that we can put in front of it. But it might just be really weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so this time on uh, the Bearded po- Clans and Podcast today, we're going to keep talking about um, Nationals a little bit. Um, yes. We might delve into some other community issues, and we might end up actually talking about where the game's going in a little bit, uh, plus anything else we decide to talk about along the way. So, exactly. Dom, where were we last time? We were talking about how you were staying in the house. You got you got 43rd place? Uh, 45th. 45th place. Okay, I knew it was a better number than 43. Uh, but because mm-hmm. 45 is nice and roundable by five or whatever. Exactly. But, so you were talking about uh, nationals and then I rudely cut you off to end the episode. So people didn't have to listen to our voices for too long in one sitting. Did you have anything else you wanted to say before we went into what you were going to move into next? Um, yeah, let me. Um, I wanted to pull up the the listing of the of the um, sorry, like the, the, the uh, jousting pavilion thing. Yeah. Okay. So if anybody doesn't know, Jousting Pavilion is where a lot of people log their games. I know this is, I don't know who's actually going to listen to this. So I just want to talk about some of that stuff. So Jousting Pavilion is a really cool site where you can uh, create tournaments and have people at your tournaments log in and talk about or put the decks they're playing. So you can pretty much go to Jousting Pavilion to figure out who is at your tournament and who placed where and all that kind of stuff. So exactly. And I just wanted to give a shout out for the top 10 people. Because I mean, it was a tough, it was a tough tournament. So you said um, seventy-two, right, or something like that? Seventy-two players, yes. Yeah, that's a top ten and seventy-two is crazy. Like I get happy when I get top, top ten in a twenty-person tournament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm happy when I get the top four out of a four-player tournament. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second, there's yeah. some weird math there. No. <laughs> um, so for the for nationals, we had Dustin Archer. Um, take first place with Stark Lord of the Crossing. Ooh, Lot C. Stark Lord C. That sounds fun. I know. That's an agenda you love. Um, I like it. AJ took second with Stark Fealty. Um, Matt Phillips took third with Baratheon Alliance, and which he was like one of the four people that played Baratheon. So Alliance, major... interesting. Alliance yeah. in the top four. That's pretty sweet because that means that. All those people that say that you should minimize your deck size and never put more than like, you know, 62 cards can go eat it. Yeah, exactly. Well, in this case, the bigger deck won. Uh, <laughs> I know that's like an illusion or reference to something, but I liked it. So who knows? <laughs> um, of course, my good friend, Jim Hansen, he took fourth with Nightwatch, Lord of the Crossing. Oh, cool. Um, I got a chance to look at his deck list. It is awesome. Uh, let's see. Moving on, we have uh, Fred Bird. He played Martell, The Wars to Come. I heard that deck was going to be scary. Uh, I'm interested yeah. to see that only like one person so far has had it. 
Uh, actually, I think uh, Tim had one as well. But I mean, like one person so far in the top ten, right? Uh, let's see. Or did you? Or did I miss no. one? Of them? <laughs> no, there's two. There's okay, two. Okay. Um, after Fred, we have in the sixth place Jesse Carpenter with Great Joy: The Wars to Come. Interesting. And I remember that deck because it was like a Drown God themed deck. That's pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Um, a lot of little shenanigans with the dead pile. Um, but yeah, it is fun. And number seven, we have Eric Green with Tyrell, Banner of the Dragon. Hmm. Which uh, is pretty insane. What did it do? Um, I don't know his deck necessarily, but there were some guys and I, we were talking about Tyrell Dragon and some of the shenanigans you can do with that uh, Queen's Guard attachment with mm-hmm. Renly. Oh, okay. And stuff like that. Um, and then let's after Eric, we have Jessica Thompson. She played Night's Watch Wars to Come, which that was a builder's deck because I remember <laughs> her talking about it at the house. Awesome. And we have Alejandro, who also played Martel Wars to Come, took ninth. And last, we have Sean Bohan, who played Targaryen, the House of the Red Door. Cool. I bet that was the, uh, um, I can't remember the name of the deck now. The one that, like, lets you discard for gold, and then, like, you basically burn the crap out of stuff and play your discarded cards for free. Um, I'm not sure if it was that one. I remember walking by, and I think he might have been pulling the, the Marine card. Which does? The Marine card basically says you can kneel it, put all of your cards in hand underneath oh, that's it, right. draw three cards. At the end of the phase, you discard those three cards and grab your hand. Yeah, I heard that was a pretty money card when people were when we when Aaron and I were reviewing it. It's like you get just a full new hand for the turn, and then you get your old hand back at the next turn, and it's like or the phase or something like that. But it seemed pretty cool. Like drawing is good, and you know, in this game when you have big decks, drawing is also good. <laughs> yeah, especially with target. Like if you had if you don't have like a Jakaris or an event, you're like oh, maybe I might be able to pull something. Especially with new Danny, oh. right? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, congratulations, everybody in the top 10 there. It sounds like there was some pretty good diversity of decks up there. It sounds like the few mm-hmm. repeats, but that's pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. Um, we should do an episode on uh, just agendas because that's so cool to me that Lord of the Crossing is still a thing. Like after three, oh, yeah. almost three years of the game being out, like Lord of the Crossing just maintains a position as like a pretty good agenda. I know last year when I went to Gen Con, um, I played in the, the Gen Con event, which I think was like a nationals or something, but mm-hmm. there was like uh, so many uh, like Reigns of Casimir decks. And I was even running one. Like I had a great Reigns of Casimir I played and mm-hmm. it was just insane how many Reigns of Casimir decks there were. And it's cool to see that there's so many different agendas being used now mm-hmm. that are not like, it's just not the same house with the same, or it's a different house with the same agenda, right? It's, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> worse to come was there a few times, but like, I bet each of those decks was distinctly different in how they played, which is one of the cool parts about this game. Yeah, especially, like, with uh, GM's uh, Night's Watch deck. I know um, it was very, like, just Power Rush, you know, which mm-hmm. is kind of, you know, the opposite of what you normally think with Night's Watch. It's, you know, defense, defense, defense. You know, with his deck, it was just all, you know, offense. and That's so cool. Know, it needed yeah, to happen. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, I got a chance to look at his deck and 
I'm not a huge Nightwatch player, so I don't know a lot of the names of the characters, but there's there's ones where it was basically a ranger deck and you have all the rangers out and you just, you know, go balls to the wall. So Luke and I uh, had been talking about that for a while. I know he, he like, so Luke is a local player in Colorado who almost plays, plays almost exclusively night's watch when he plays game of Thrones. And mm-hmm. we were talking about that after builders yeah you know, last year, which was like, what do you do? So you don't ever have to play this deck again. And it was like, <laughs> wait for Rangers, you know, to come out and there's a bunch of good Ranger stuff. So it's cool to see that somebody top top 10 with that at a nationals. Yeah, exactly. And I'm kind of curious to see what he's going to play at uh, Worlds. So, yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, are you going to go to Worlds? No, I, I can't make it this year. Worlds is really crazy. Um, I went to Worlds and I played uh, a few games there. I think I played Conquest and I played um, Netrunner. Mm-hmm. And I and actually played a Star Wars LCG tournament too when I was at Worlds. And, uh, it's crazy the amount of stuff that you can do there. I was a, I was actually a judge. I ended up judging for conquest when I was there, which was super okay. cool because I got to meet Brad Andrews and like Nate and all them and talk about mm-hmm. the game and stuff. And they were walking around making judge calls with us because the game's pretty complicated. <laughs> and it, I don't know. It was I'd say Sun like a Nationals thing like that. Worlds is one of the coolest because if you are an FFG fanboy like I am, it's mm-hmm. just like a it's like a return to Mecca kind of thing. Like you go there and you're like, <laughs> just there's so much stuff. They have exclusive things. Like they have their little cafe. You can hang out at in there. There's a ton of people. There's events going on all over the place. It's right next to like the big mall, mall of America or something like that. So you can go do that. And I don't know mm-hmm. it's fun. It's, I mean, it's, it's not like the coolest place in the world, but it's, it's cool for people like us that really like this kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't know. I like it because then it's like you have people from all over that you talk to on Facebook or, you know, on, on the internet and, uh, you get to meet in person and yep. you know, just, just hang out and have a good time. Um, with that being said, I wanted to give a big thank you to Will Lentz for, uh, running it with the white book for the, for the tournament. It, I thought it went really well. Um, you know, there, he was working his tail off and, it showed for it. And, uh, also his wife, you know, she, uh, she made everyone like cookies and all these big, <laughs> cool, delicious treats. And it was awesome, you know, for, for them to welcome us and all that. I, I actually think that's a really cool part about the community for this game nationally is that you have so many couples that play this game together and yeah, we, uh, relative yeah, we, to other games I've seen played. I mean, yeah, I think we had like, I know we had at least two couples um, show up. There might have been three. But... Was was CT's wife there? Uh, CT's wife was there. That's uh, Jessica, who played yeah. the Builders Oh, Day. sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry. That's right. So, yeah, there was actually three couples there. Okay, cool. But, yeah, that, that's always been cool to me is, like, I love, like, getting on the Facebook and seeing the chatter between everybody and, like, being like, oh, that's that person's SO. That's so cool. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. um, you wanted to talk about Melee, too, right? Did you play in the Melee thing? I did play Melee. Um, so, <laughs> my first game, it was with, uh, uh, and I apologize, I, I don't remember everyone's name. Um, I played the guy, I played the, uh, the Builder's deck. Um, I forgot his name. I played Brandon, who played, um, he played his Martell Alliance with Baratheon, or Stag, 
and Wolf. Mm-hmm. And I played it with Tim Everwine, and he was playing uh, Tyrell Targ or Tyrell Dragon. Um, and I kid you not, that game lasted like two hours. <laughs> it was it was such it was so draining on the on my brain, but um, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. That game, it, I think it broke Tim because he was like he's not really into the melee thing, so. He kind of just like bailed out on it, and uh, like halfway and through or something, or no, after that game, like oh, after okay. the game, he, he's like, "I'm done. I, I, I'm, I'm dropping." Oh, okay, because it was like a tournament, so you had to do multiple rounds. Yeah, I can imagine yeah. that. Uh, I, I have a lot of multiplayer card game experience from EDH and Magic, and mm-hmm. those games can get crazy. Like, and this game is the same way. When we played our little one at, at regionals this year, like even mm-hmm. though I was like, "Man, this is going to be a while," because like we're all playing these slow roll decks. Like, you were playing that no characters. Uh, Martell deck <laughs> with Baratheon banner banner uh, stag and I was doing like yeah, a middle strategy and I think jo- yeah. uh, Josh was playing like the no deck where he basically just denies and cancels and pops people back to your mm-hmm. hand and uh, <laughs> Sarah was doing something with like she was playing her knights deck though she's the only one that was being aggressive out of all of us so I know uh, what well, my fr- the first game with melee all of us had like control type decks and so we were just controlling each other. <laughs> and it was just like going nowhere. I think I like that. So like um, speaking of melee, which we were, we were, I, I'm a huge fan of any game that can facilitate multiplayer play because um, I know that my SO doesn't really like to play just me because she uh, thinks that I'm just like, blah, blah, blah. Doesn't like, doesn't like playing me because I beat her all the time or something like that, but she wins too. She's just being, she's being difficult, but um <laughs> she really likes it when we play lots of people because then you don't feel like teamed up on. And even if you are, it's still like, you know, not just one person and it's not as confrontational. And I'm a huge, so I'm a huge fan of any game that lets me play um, with my SO and like other people at the same time, because it's just, it just makes me, makes me happy. And uh, I'm a huge fan of the politics that go into multiplayer games. Um, yeah. So that's too. Um, I, I went, I just got a chance to sit down with, um, I'm trying to remember his name right now. Uh, I'll have to look it up real quick, but basically, I sat down with him and I was talking to him. It was at Game Fest, so uh, Petri is the guys who, who do um, um, our regionals every year have like a Game Fest thing that happens during this festival called Starfest, um, and basically, uh, they have they invite designers and things like that to come down and like talk and play ga- play their games and things like that, right? And so that's kind of cool because you get this. Uh, you get to talk to these guys about game design and all these kinds of things. It's Mike Fitzgerald, actually. So he lives in Colorado. So I got to talk to Mike Fitzgerald and he was talking to me about the differences between playing a game, like a two player game, like, like um, I'm trying to think of the best way to think of it. Like me for playing you in poker or we're playing chess, right? That mm-hmm. it is a game that has a certain level of statistics and luck involved in it. Like a certain level of skill versus luck. Right. And yes, yes. when you throw a third person in there, it just kind of messes everything up so much so that it's an, almost impossible to play a game that is mostly skill when it comes to like skill as in knowing the mechanics of the game mm-hmm. when it comes to a third person being thrown in. So I always find it kind of interesting because if you're not super good at a game, it's almost really cool to play multiplayer because you kind of get that level of uh, politics in there or the level of 
even skill is a thing that might not help you win. So you're at a better advantage than someone who's played the game their whole life. Right. And that's, yeah. And that's the whole thing with game of Thrones is the table talk. You know, that's the whole premise of the, the story, you know, being able to create allies and to manipulate the, the table just enough to go in your favor and to, you know, capitalize on your opponent's weaknesses and, to you know gain the iron throne yeah and that that's exactly why i think this game is is the best has one of the best aspects of this is because it's so thematic inside of the game itself and i am a huge fan of theme um i will play a crappy over mechanic game if it has a good theme like like the firefly board game Top-down design from from the get-go, right? Everything is thematic. They have nonsense mechanics in the game that are like annoying, but I still love it because I get to fly around in that universe and do stuff, right? <laughs> like, and this game it gets the same way. Like, you're part of this house when you're playing in melee, and you get to be involved in that house's politics with other houses. And that's the whole point of like this game being so cool is that you don't just have to play what's in the show, right? You can play whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. It's like little mini universes against other little mini universes. It's just really cool to me. It always floated my boat. Yeah, and you can actually make like, you know, there's so many different variances of decks that you can make with, you know, different banners, different agendas. You know, there's a lot of variety that can go out there. Um, you know, it just depends on what your imagination is and mm-hmm. your playing style is. Or if you're like a sadist, you put like Stark and Lannister together and you're like, look at this, like they're friends now and you force them to do that and it feels wrong, but you do it anyway. Yeah, until Ned's <laughs> heads get cut off. <laughs> Whoa, spoilers, dude. Oh, I'm sure if they, <laughs> if they haven't seen it. <laughs> it's too late now. You've, you've lost yeah. your credibility, right? I um, know, right? <laughs> so one thing I, I kind of want to talk about too, maybe a little bit, is just uh, where to go to do stuff. So... If you're new to the community or even if you're not, um, there's kind of places to go online and to become more involved in the community. Uh, the first one I always like to talk about is new is kind of newer. So the White Book was doing this for a while and they had kind of an aggregate of all of the cool Game of Thrones stuff that was on the Internet. But there is a place now called agot.cards and agot.cards is a sweet. I don't even know. It's like its own kind of little universe of everything Game of Thrones, the card game. You ever go there? Okay. I've never heard of it, so I'm You've going never to heard of right Agot cards? You're crazy. What's A- up? Agot.cards? Yeah. Maybe I have been there. Hold on. <laughs> but basically, they have <laughs> aggregated articles, podcast videos. They have events stuff. They have like forums you can talk on. It's just kind of a huge aggregate of all of the cool Game of Thrones stuff that you'd ever want. So that's one yeah. place to go for for anything. I go there. So the first regionals I ever went to, what I did was I like I basically sat down for two months before and I just learned as much as I could about the game and went and played. Right. Um, mm-hmm. The white book was a huge help in that. Thanks for Will and all the people involved in that, because uh, mm-hmm. I learned a lot about the game and read their articles and did all that stuff. Right. Um, Joe from Cincinnati used to play back then and he would write really good articles and all these people were involved in the, the game and it was great. And I learned so much and I advocate that for anybody like reading these articles, asking questions in the groups. So speaking of groups, there's a bunch of Facebook groups to go into too. Um, yes. Do you want to talk about maybe one or two of those? I was going to say local groups, but you can we can start wherever we want to. Yeah. I mean, we have our own local 
um, Facebook group for the Colorado meta. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a bigger demographic um, area, you you can always go on Facebook and look up uh, AGOT Second Edition. They have a Facebook group and AGOT Two E Second Edition, the Revolution. And they're also a branch off of the second edition Facebook group. So um, I recommend either one. Um, They, you know, they post, you know, sometimes they post good articles, um, but mainly they they post like the spoilers. um, Anytime that there's, you know, the full pack is is released, then they, you know, release the the cards on that. So you can kind of see what the cards are. Yeah, question, rules um, questions too. That's a huge deal. A lot of people ask questions oh, yeah. just straight in the Facebook. I mean, no better way to get a response than ask 100 plus people uh, to – let me let me rephrase that. No better way to get a response than put tell 100 plus people something that you think is right that isn't right. Yeah, exactly. And it's always good to, you know, get feedback. Like you can do like a poll like, you know, hey, what's everyone's favorite house mm-hmm. to play? And, you know, what's your favorite card or – whatever so you can kind of get an idea where everyone's meta is at um especially if you're looking to play competitively and if you're traveling to a, say a certain area you kind of want to get an idea what their local meta is at exactly so yeah so those are the two resources i really use a lot now i know um there's also uh, card game db has a bunch of stuff so if you go there that's kind of like the fantasy flight sanctioned site for all things LCGs and CCGs that, that fantasy flight does. So there's forums mm-hmm. there, people post articles, etc. Um, I do think that you got cards in the Facebook groups are a little bit more robust. I know that there's reddits too. So there's a game of Thrones subreddit you can go to. Let me, let me, there's also, uh, there's also the Instagram, uh, page. It got spoilers. So, That's the only one I know about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where they do all the spoilers. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, a Game of Thrones LCG is the subreddit you can go to. So, you know, if you're looking yeah. for content, I know that when I started playing uh, the Star Wars LCG, I really wanted to read about what to do in this game and how to win. And there was just nothing there. And it really frustrated me because I like Star Wars a lot. And it was really hard to figure out what mm-hmm. to do. But this game has such a rich community and it has so much uh, content that's created for it, uh, like our podcast or any other kind of podcast or articles written that you're basically good to start almost anywhere you want to. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And honestly, you know, a lot of the people on on the page, you know, they're pretty cool. And if you're a new player or you're looking to get into it, you know, there's there's tons of people that are, you know, inviting and they'll help you out. Yeah, definitely. All right, I want to spend the last few minutes talking about uh, this article Fantasy Flight posted, the most recent Game of Thrones article. It's called... Uh, gaze into the flames and it's talking about what's happening next in game of thrones so everybody knows that we have the king of the isles uh, deluxe expansion coming out um this mm-hmm. is the pack review that we are going to do or have already done depending on how dom decides to post these podcasts or i decide to post this <laughs> podcast uh is the music of dragons uh and then we have in danzac's pit and then daggers in the dark are the what's left for the dance of shadow cycle but they also told us that um, King of the Isles will be the last thing that they release for three months. So this isn't uh, crazy. They've done this before with other games. It's nice that they're announcing that because people will then know. And it's something that we should disseminate as a community. That way people don't think the game has died. <laughs> but uh, what's going to happen next is you have the next cycle coming out. Um, it doesn't have a 
name as far as I know from the article, but it, it will. It says it's going to bring back the Return of City plots from the first edition. Uh, having not played first edition at all, I don't know what that means, but they highlighted city, so I assume it's a keyword, and that means can, oh, things yeah. are going to happen in cities. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Okay. Well... Like that's the game for now. I mean, don't get discouraged. I guess is what I'm saying. When there's a like a lull in content uh, or um, new cards, there will be a, a finished cycle that you can play around with for three months, and it won't be terrible. And that doesn't mean they're not going to do OP stuff. That doesn't mean tournaments aren't happening. So just keep keep your head up, kiddos. Yeah, yeah and I think it's good that they take a little break because then it kind of gives not only all of us to kind of catch up and get to play with the cards that we have. But then it gives an opportunity for new players to, you know, if they decide to buy the starter decks, you know, to kind of get into the game and to where they can kind of, you know, just get into the groove of things. And so mm-hmm. I'm okay with them taking a break. Yeah, and it makes it easier for them to play test stuff, to design things. I'm Yeah, I'm okay. It needs to happen every once in a while. And plus, they're leaving me with yeah. my favorite thing ever, which is more Greyjoy cards. So I can't really be mad exactly. at them for that. <laughs> I will say I will say this before we have to go. The one of the cool things about the Nationals was uh, one of the judges was the card designer for Flea Bottom. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I know his his first name is George, and I can't remember his last name, but it's on the card. So, mm-hmm. um, so anyway, so he was judging, and so uh, Tim and I were kind of like nerding out, like, "Oh my gosh, that's the guy who created Flea Bottom, and it's like one of our favorite cards." And <laughs> I just. I was just like, hey, man, would you sign my card? And he was like, yeah, uh, sure. Greg Atkinson is the guy who designed the yeah. card. Yeah. Greg Atkinson. He's the, super he was cool the 2004 guy. world champion. So, Yeah, super cool guy. Um, but yeah, he signed my uh, signed my card. And so now I have a signed flea bottom. That's pretty sweet. That's, so, that's one of the other cool parts about going to Worlds or some big event is that. So thanks for listening again, everybody. You know, this is a podcast, so do all the things that help make podcasts successful. Uh, like, comment, subscribe, all that kind of stuff that you do to help us out. Uh, if you like our podcast, let us know why you like it. If you don't like it, let us know why you don't like it and share it with your friends. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, thank you. Bye. See ya. Thank you for tuning in to the Bearded Clansman podcast. Join us next time when we continue our discussions about A Game of Thrones, the card game.